Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with the chief talker himself, Nikita Rusin, aka Nix One. This man's brain runs a mile a minute and sometimes it's hard to keep up with, but he's one of the most inspiring people I know. Always working hard to push the things he wants to do in the way that he wants to do them. We talk about all sorts of things including his previous clothing brand Nine, his current venture with Local Stranger and what that means, especially in today's world where everyone is super connected yet disconnected at the same time, and so many more random interesting things. I had a lot of fun talking with him and I hope you have just as much fun listening. Peace. Okay, we're recording now and we're here with my good friend Nick Swan, aka The Chief Talker. Uh, <laughs> he's he's hey over he's over in Singapore right now, but the guy has lived all over the place. Um, <laughs> he's one of the most interesting guys I know. Uh, maybe Nick, do you want to do you want to do you want to give like a little kind of intro for yourself or whatever? Yeah, guys. So my name is Nick. I am um, quarantined for two years already. Keep it safe. Wipe the screen. Here we go. No, so oh my god, my mask is sliding. Sorry. They gave me this mask, it doesn't fit my 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 face. Yeah, so I'm my name is Nix. Um like forget the one because um you know, you never know. I'm just alone right now, Nix. I don't have anybody to compete with to be the one, so um yeah. I don't know, dude. What do you want me to say? Introduce That's myself. Good. That's good. I'm a I'm a B boy and uh you know uh, yeah, so he, I don't know. He breaks. He's an artist. He he's also the kind of mastermind behind the brand Nine. If anybody's ever seen that or seen some dancers wearing it or whatever, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you're you're in lockdown now. So how are you? keeping like active or keeping mentally stimulated or whatever <clears throat> so how do we keep mentally stimulated hmm. yeah i am on lockdown right now it's been a week um by the way nine doesn't exist anymore oh, yeah and, sorry um, yeah so uh, just a correction over there i decided to uh, shut it down you know before the country shut down i decided to shut down nine I put nine on quarantine. Um, yeah, it was getting too many infections over the years and I decided to, you know, like spreading too much. And I was like, no, shut it down. No, push it apart. To be honest, like, how am I stimulating? Well, I'm lucky because I have a bunch of stuff at my house, as you can see right here, set up. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I have my guy right here that is chilling out with me. His name is Barney. Little Barney. Um, yeah. Yeah, so no, I mean, like, the lucky part about being creative is that you can always do stuff at home, right? And uh, as us b-boys, like, it's easier to entertain yourself by just dancing in your living room or, in my case, I can create, I can paint, I can do a bunch of stuff. I have about five tables to make it happen. You see right there, I have my setup. Um, 
yeah, let me just actually show you. So I have my T-shirt printer right here. Yeah. I have some sweat on the floor. You know. <laughs> it's very creative. Uh, yeah, I have my printer. I have my die cutter. I have a bunch of tools. I have uh, my sewing machine right here. My my garbage. Mm. Nice. You know. Um, yeah, I have my tools right here, and then I have another sewing machine here. Then I have my iPad, and then I have uh, my my screen here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, is most of that stuff for like making uh, clothes or bags or whatever you kind of feel like or whatever? Um, fashion based. To be honest, at the moment, it's quite freestyle because I don't really plan. Um, I think. <laughs> if there's an idea to make something happen, yeah. I will just go and buy or source Fuck this mask. Sorry, guys, I'm going to get rid of this mask. This is stupid. Um, I'm just going to go and buy stuff because, yeah, it's like um, I'm a very spontaneous person, you know. So, like, for example, if, if I'm thinking, oh, today I want to make a tote bag, then I'm going to go and figure it out. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. I want to get straps i want to get this kind of fabric i want to do this and this and this oh i need this kind of foot for my sewing machine then i'm gonna go and go to the textile center whatever it is i have my sources i have my aunties that already know me you know and i go talk to them and i ask them how to do it whatever it is and they usually advise me how to make it happen or let's say if i want to draw something and i don't have a tool i'll go find a way to get it or i'll make it myself I think the idea is not to have a plan because I'm not good at planning. I'm not good at like following with the direction or focusing for too long. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's kind of like everything and everywhere, you know, I can draw, I can dance. I'm like some days I don't do anything, you know, because I stimulate up Netflix. Um, you know, it really depends on days, dude. I don't really think about stimulation. I just think about, yeah, if I wake up in the morning and I had a good morning, then, you know, let's make it happen. And sometimes I half, cut halfway through or sometimes you go all the way. So, yeah, it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. You're like one of the most, whatever, what do you want to say, like spontaneous guys that I've ever met. Like, yeah, we met you in Seattle just really briefly for what, for Massive Monkey Day. <laughs> yeah. And then like... What is it, a couple of years later, you just all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm moving to Vancouver. And then you just moved there and yeah. a few years there and you're like, hey, I'm going to move to Amsterdam. Just like all of a sudden. And then one year. Yeah, that's years? crazy. One year, two years in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, let me give you some straight timelines, okay? Because I have my memory right. So Filthy Feet, we battled with KLP in 2007, Massive Monkey Day yeah. in May. And uh, yeah, and I remember we went up to Vancouver for, for an afternoon with uh, some of the massive guys. And I was then living in France and we just were, we just got invited because of some city hall exchange because Nantes is actually uh, sister cities with Seattle. So is that why you guys went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically it was a government program that, because KLP was involved with uh, the, uh, some kind of local local organization and they were doing a lot of government work within this the city of Nantes. and then that time we did an exchange and Hussein who is now Massive Monkey's member he was doing an internship at the uh, city hall of Seattle as an exchange I don't know what you call them students or workers or, or like government okay. government culture culture ambassadors whatever you want to call some fancy government name 
And um, he figured out a gig if we could come and do a battle slash theater shows. And KLP had a theater show that they were performing back then. I wasn't a part of it because I sucked. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I was too fat, to be honest. I couldn't fit on stage. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so basically I just came in as like a side gig and uh, battled with them. So I, I, I basically freeloaded on them and they, were, and they were kind enough to invite me to discover what Dix was and Jack in the Box and Wendy's and all of these amazing cultural places in Seattle. It you fatter or even fatter. It made you even fatter, right? Yeah. Then I came back. I was 93 kgs. I couldn't even fit in my shoes. My feet got fat. It was like my Puma Clydes were 41 and now I'm like 42 and a half. I'm like, shit, all the shoes I bought in America, what happened? You know, so, so, so yeah, but it was quite amazing, you know, and, and that's when I met you guys. And it was quite funny because I still watch that battle sometimes when we battle Filthy Feet. And I literally, as of today, can name every guy's name and every, every dancer's name in that battle because, you know, I've lived and, and, and became really good friends with all of them from France to Canada. And then, yeah, 2009, two years later, I moved to Canada. Not two months later, dude. Two I said years. two years, didn't I? Yeah, okay, you were right. Two years. In October. Yeah, I moved 2009 to Canada. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't supposed to go to Canada. I wanted to go to the U.S. But yeah, it was just very hard to get a visa. And Canada is, is it's quite an easy country to get a working holiday. Yeah, so we're, we're the thing that uh, I was like, people settle on. We, no one wants to actually go there. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah. I couldn't go. I couldn't go to the U.S. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. And, go to the U.S. And, and, uh, I guess I'll go to Canada. And then I was like, okay, what's the closest version to the U.S. is Canada. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, and then I went to Canada. You know, and what's the closest place to the border is Vancouver. I was like, shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, how close can you get to the American border? is to live in Vancouver or like where, like Waterloo. I don't want to go to Waterloo or something <laughs> in Ontario. Like Vancouver is way cooler, you know? And then eventually, you know, I was like, oh, cool. There's actually mountains and cool people here, you know? And, and then Richmond is not bad, but you know, <laughs> we have to, really? I, it's okay. I some good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's why, that's how, but yeah. And then now we became friends, you know? And I met a guy called Rory, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, you're like brother from another mother. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. I'm no, going to no. find that photo and I'm going to put it in here right now, right now. <laughs> what, the photo of the Kangol hats? You two, like, doing this. With Roxy okay. in Kelowna? <laughs> when Rurik got arrested for tagging in, 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 on public property. By, by is it the same trip? It is the same trip. There was only one. That was a trip to, like, Kelowna or something, right? Yeah. Did you go there? No. Were you there? Oh, Robin was there when some guy tried to buy his T-shirt in a club. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of stories. It's cool. That was good times. You know, that was actually my favorite times in Vancouver. It was like pure innocence. It was like, it was before we all grew up. Before um, yeah. we all became a man. And now we're all going back to being boys again. You know, we're like yeah, stupid backgrounds, same. stupid masks. It's like a full circle, right? Rory is doing like techno. You know what I mean? Like... What else? Like he's Mark Stiller is all fat now, you know, chubby, chubby, chubby. That's monster, not, he's not fat. Know? He's he's got the we call it link bot. Oh. Okay, you wanna bot. see a photo? I'll show you a photo of Mark Stiller. 
What? He sent me a photo, a very recent one, a very, very recent photo. <laughs> he blessed me. He was like, after I did my live video, he was so excited to talk to me. And he blessed me with a photo of him in the kitchen. And I can see, I can see there's that layer that's just talking to the fridge. You know, I'm like, Mark, what's happening there? Like, there's that, it's like the fridge is open and the light is shining and uncovering this this beautiful Eastern European Czech body, but there is a Czech on top of a Czech. And I'm like, how many Czech people are sitting on top of your stomach? I'm like, it's amazing, you know? But yeah, anyways, the Maya, sorry, I can't show you the photo. My computer is not loading. I have no internet. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it's actually, I want to talk to you about that too. Cause like, uh, what internet? You... No, 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 about being fat. Cause you were a fatty mm. before, right? No, but like, cause you, you like slimmed down like crazy mm. over the last what how when's it like the last the last couple years or something three years three years three years yeah exactly three years in one month Dean. damn so maybe mark is listening to this do you have like how, how did you do it maybe mark can get some tips mark break up with your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> Girls, aka non-healthy diet. No, actually, no. It's actually not true. Honestly, yeah, dude, bro. I don't know why I slimmed down. I don't know why I slimmed. I just moved to Singapore and it just became really hot. So when I went to practice, it's just like I was losing double the double the amount of water, you know. And 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 yeah. Singapore is quite quite amazing to dance because honestly, like yes, it's hot, but at the same time, it's super clean. It's good for your muscles because it's really humid. It's really easy to, yeah, yeah. you don't even need to warm up, you know, and you can dance all year long because the weather never changes. That's what Rory so you was just saying end up Thailand too. Like when he moved there, he's like, my back, I think it doesn't hurt anymore. Like he just, but you know what happened to Rory? That was when he was dancing. He's, <laughs> now he's you know like... what happened to Rory after he moved to Thailand? He doubled the size. That was, yeah, that's what I mean. After. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> you roast Roy. Right I love it. Don't worry, Try I get him on, and then he can roast you back. So it's fine. Oh shit! You got Rory too. Okay, <laughs> not yet. Um, he's coming. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah like, so basically, it was just honestly, it was just all the dancing and all of that because it's hot outside. So you don't want to be sitting home. So you constantly push to go out. And when you go out, you walk five minutes. You you sweat, and and it's just to be honest, in, you just don't want to eat as much food and. And Singapore food is, 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 you know, is a bit healthier than, than, than Western food, you know, even though it's still like quite oily and stuff, but I don't, I don't know. It's just a lifestyle change. So, so that's why I think like I was able to, uh, to kind of drop a lot of weight and get healthy and kind of like healthy, healthy body, healthy mind. And, and the healthier you get, the more motivated you get to keep working out and you kind of get into this lifestyle of running. And, yeah. you know, I started running a lot and, 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 you know, it's kind of like, you kind of see like at first you hate it and then you start loving it. And then yeah. to be honest, it's my only getaway because at the end of the day, if you're very pissed and you're frustrated with whatever, whatever life is giving you, you just go for a run. Trust me, 10 kilometers later, you're so tired. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's getting you pissed, bro. You're just tired. The only thing you can be like, can I walk home? That's all you think about. You don't think about anything else. So that's kind of why I run is, is kind of like get myself to a level of, of, of like fatigue that, yeah, I can just not think about anything else and just be like, let me get home and just get that vegan burger. 
no, but I was reading something just actually today about like motivation and people having like different types of goals and stuff and whatever. And they brought up mm. running as an example of one of those things that like, are they talking about mastery, learning to master something and running is one of those things that like, you don't, you don't necessarily enjoy it. Like, or at least while you're learning to do it. Right. And especially like long distance runners, like you don't, it's grueling and it's not fun, but it's that thing of like that, that idea of like incrementally getting better at something like step by step. Yeah. And then true. Have this long-term goal of like your overall fitness and this kind of thing and overall health, whatever. But uh, yeah. That's Uh, true. That's yeah. I mean like, I mean everybody, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just good for your mind. Honestly, like it's not just for your body. It's actually yeah. just good for your mind. And yeah. that's why I run outside is because I get to see the place. And also like, to be honest, running outside is like traveling through the city and the places that you wouldn't walk through and you just kind of end up running through it and you slow down yeah. and you kind of look around. So I can't run on a treadmill because yeah, I'm kind of yeah. like, you know, treadmill, you just kind of do the run. You're purely running to burn calories. Yeah, or exactly. do like a 10 When you're running outside, Sometimes you just run because, oh, I like this building. I'm going to go check it out. And you're already at 10K. You're like, fuck, it's another one kilometer. I'm just going to do it because it's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and It's like exploring too, right? Yeah. And I've noticed like living in Singapore, even though you want to go outside because it's so hot, people end up driving everywhere and sitting in the malls a lot. And running kind of allows me to, to spend time outside and enjoy the city because when you forget to enjoy the city you tend to become very negative about the environment you live in and yeah. not cherish the, uh, you know, the, the country or especially for me, you know, like I always wanted to live in a hot place and it's fucking hot, but yeah. And that's why, you know, for me, it's good. It's, it gets, it gets, gets me going and, and enjoy the little, yeah. you know, the little life that's happening here. And, yeah. And you see like, you see like the in-between kind of stuff. Whereas if you drive, yeah. if you drive, it's kind of like, okay, you know your house and you don't really pay attention to anything like from the house to the, the wherever you're trying to get to. And it's kind of like, it's the same thing as like, some people really enjoy riding trains or taking the bus, like long, like uh, yeah. highway bus or something like that, rather than flying there. Or some people like to do the road trip because it takes longer and they can kind of like see the in-between parts. Whereas if you fly, if you fly, you kind of get like a different perspective and it's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just seeing this yeah. thing. And, but if you do that slower, like, what do you call it? Slower journey, you kind of take a little more time to appreciate what's happening in between. It's very true. And you know what, when I learned that trick is when I used to, when I lived in Amsterdam and I realized when I was cycling through the city, it was so damn small. And I felt like, why do people like this place? It's so small and tiny and, you quickly run out of options to where to go because you feel very claustrophobic. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me just walk. And when I started walking, I started finding out all these little underground, bottom staircase shops, mm. coffee shops, whatever it is, little bars, wheat potheads, you name it. Yeah. And, like, and that's when I realized that's the beauty of the city is all of these hidden little spots that you find there. And yeah. that's when I realized that cycling versus walking is also a really important thing is it's important to walk the street and it's important to cycle the street and it's important to ride a car on the same street because 
experiences are very different on what you're seeing, you know? And, and I mean, I bet it's the same thing for you, you know? You yeah. run on the field, you walk on the field, and you drive on the field. It's a damn fucking field. You know what I mean? It's, it's No, but amazing. you see it differently. You see it differently. Oh, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. You can smell it or you cannot smell it. No, right? but it's like, you know, the, this is one thing that I've thought about a lot, and especially when I first moved here and then when, like, I started learning more about Zen, Zen Buddhism and stuff. And it's like, it's, it's a totally different experience of like you know, driving, well, even something like say driving through these rice, endless rice fields where yeah. you're listening to something versus just no music. And you're just listening. You're, it kind of like puts you more into the place where you are mm. and you connect with it a little more and like, it's the same kind of thing of like someone someone wants to go like sightseeing or something and there's there's some people yeah. who go somewhere and they just go and they take a picture and that's it and they just want the picture yeah. and they say that they went there but then there's other people yeah. who go there and they sit there and like especially if it's something like nature like you go to a mountain or something like that and some people yeah. just want that instagram photo and other people they go there and they just they like soak it in and they take a second to just like kind of i don't know it sounds kind of corny but like just to kind of be for a second on that mountain or, or yeah it's like or by the ocean walking. something like that what was that it's like walking through the woods in kitsilano yeah exactly right some people just they just it's something to do and i need my exercise and this kind of thing but some people take the time and like actually it's it's the old cliche saying of stop and smell the roses kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I'm honestly like all jokes apart. It's, it is, it is important to, um, to take the time and especially like, you know, in times like we are right now, I mean like this quarantine thing, all we got is time right now, you know, we yeah. don't have anything else. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's kind of why is it's actually this quarantine has been quite a, like a personal challenge of patience because yeah. like, you know, for me, I'm very impatient. I'm very like, go, get done, boom, move up, go there, meet this. You know what? My day is like a thousand kilometers an hour. And here I am like, you can't go outside. You can't do much. You can't go meet friends. You can't feed off people's energy. You just have to be to yourself and kind of think through life in general. And I think that's been an interesting challenge to, to kind of like work work out what do I really want to do without overthinking because yeah. it's very easy to be like confined to a space 24 seven and overthink every step you do because you just have too much time on your hand, you know? And it's interesting fact I've noticed. And that's why I believe your environment is key to the pace of your life and the pace of your thinking. I thrive very well in fast paced environment because I tend to overthink a lot. And for example, the reason why I know that Tokyo would be a right place for me is because it's a fast paced city. You don't have much time to think twice about a decision. You just kind of like pick things up, quickly analyze and just be like, okay, cool. You know what? Let's make it blue. And yeah, okay, fine. Let's make this, you know, and that's about it. But, but when you live in a... Yeah, there's one thing about Japanese culture though, that it can be quite slow in making decisions. I don't know about Tokyo, but you know. But we're anyway, going to change that. We're about to change Tokyo forever. We're about to upgrade the entire country. 
we're about to upgrade their iOS system. We're about to get, we're, we're about to, we're about to get. But Nix, it's not broken. Get, why would you, why would you try and fix it? We're about to improve it. They're going to go. We're not going to break it. We're about to improve it. We're about to add extra denim to the denim that has already denim in denim and put it in a bag that has already a bag and wrap it up in an extra bag and seal it up. It's going to be bag on bag on bag, just like Japan loves doing it. We're going to upgrade it. <laughs> They're going to go from the gonna, iPhone 5S to the iPhone Yes, we're going to wrap an iPhone 5S around the iPhone 6. And we're going to stick it together. It's going to be an iPhone gives you an iPhone 12. 6 plus 5 equals 11. You, iPhone 12, here we go. Oh, we're going to do two iPhone 6s. Boom, iPhone 12. What's up? 6 plus 6, 12. We just oh, upgraded. I was never good at math. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> fucking good. Genius idea, dude. Two iPhones together makes it a double. Whew. Yeah. Apple should think about that. Copyright. Please don't share this video until I share this video with Apple. Okay? <laughs> six plus six equals 12. Yeah. No don't even need to redesign or release the product. Just make a nice marketing campaign where I come in. I like to sell things. No, I'm joking. I don't. I don't. No, I, I hate it. No, but anyways, yeah. So I, I'm not saying like a fast-paced environment in terms of like, it's just things are always in your face. And, and, you know, every time I went to Tokyo, I felt like, I felt like it was fast enough for me, you know, and, and, and like, it feels like there's times where, yeah, people chill. And I know Abe is not the fastest guy. Abe likes to chill, you, you know, sleep time, <laughs> sleep time, nap time, 10 o'clock, clock out, you know, peace out. I'm like, fuck. You know, but hey, this is why I'm getting my own house, you know. Thank you, shit. But no, but at the end of the day, like, is, 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 you know, is, it's not even about the environment of fast pace. I think it's just in terms of inspiration and in terms of being surrounded by people that are good at what they do and that are really passionate about what they do and are really yeah. extreme about what they do, you know. And I think yeah. Tokyo is that place where, you know, you're going to have world's biggest Walkman collector, What's world's Japan biggest. in general. Yeah, just Japan. True, true that. And I think knowing that there is people that are in these niche, crazy, wild things and somehow they're doing it and living of it. And because they're in they were able to find something they love and, and go so deep into it that made them happy. Yeah. And I think because it's not a, it's not a mass, it's not a, it, 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 it it is a mass society, but it's a mass society composed with a lot of niche little things that makes the whole country where like Singapore is a country that lives by mass decision. You know what I mean? There is only 6 million people. There is only that much space for that many, that many activities and things you can do. You know, like you can be like, Oh, I like to play hockey with a purple stick and only purple stick. You know what I mean? Hawk hockey with a purple stick, but in Japan, some guy will come up with it, have 0.1% of the population fans, and that's going to represent 1,000 people. And here he's his, and here he's has a fucking community, and there it is a purple stick hockey league. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm saying stupid stuff in yeah. a way, but that's it's true. That's what it's true. You know? like Japan is and one where of the places where it's like it's uh, <clears throat> glasses are not. well, actually, you know, Makun, right. Makun put it really yeah. well that Japan is like a place of extremes. It's really strange. Like yeah, it'll be this 
place of like super conformity and everyone's got a, you know you'll you'll see it when you go to japan people wearing the same suit and it's like it's like an ocean of the same person like wearing the same suit doing the same thing and whatever but then it's also the yeah. place where you get these like insane nutball people who like yeah like you said collect the the they have like the world's largest walkman collection or something like that like people get so deep into stuff and so like in uh yeah just it's involved in it you know i had i had this thing right you know how japanese are fascinated with the american culture right like and it's quite obvious when you go to japan oh yeah like they have a weird fucking there is like weird fetish about the university of utah for some reason you know what i mean you're like <laughs> utah sucks like or like Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Some they will just take some some Midwest American state, Kansas City, and it's gonna be the trendiest thing, you know. Because you know why? Because American culture is like Japanese, they're extreme in what they do. You know, they go all the way out. When you like, you know, when you go to a place in America, every place is so different, but it's at the same time, it's so extremely wild in its own way. It can be negative, positive, it can be whatever, whatever lifestyle you're down or not. But it's gonna be pure as is, and 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 that's why it gives America a lot of negativity, but also a lot of originality because they were yeah, able yeah. to create so much original stuff. And I think Japan is somewhat related to it, maybe not as extremely negative and a, a lot of like, you know, blah blah. But let's not get into political conversations. But I think the the passion for extreme and the passion into like. You know, like America always like, I'm going to be the biggest uh, gun collector in the world or I'm going to have the most biggest car, vintage car oh, collection. What's his name? Tiger King guy. He's exactly. Like guy. Tiger King guy, you know, that's an extremist guy, you know, but I could totally see a guy like this being in Japan, you know, some wild guy that loves tigers and is going to have the biggest tiger farm in, in Okinawa, whatever, you, you know, know, maybe like, it's okay. It's two, it's two cultures approaching the same concept exactly. in a different way, in their own kind of weird way or whatever. Yeah. I think it's two countries living the same way of... I think they're living reality in a very similar way. They take things very passionate. And that's why Japan is so fascinated about America and Western culture. And like, you know, I mean, dude, it's quite, it's, it's, it's quite obvious. You know, now that I've done nine in Japan and I've done an art show in Japan, they all want a taste of that story of what is it like being living in, and I'm like nothing. It's just like living in Japan, dude. Like, yeah, but here's the other the same thing. thing like Japan does, and obviously not everyone. And this is it's it's easy to make a really big blanket statement, or whatever. But like, there's there's a lot of like Japan centric, like only think about Japan. They don't some. Yeah. Not that they don't know about the rest of the world, but it's like it gets filtered through this like lens of what they don't they haven't actually gone there. Like some people have, but there's a lot of people who's just like, Oh yeah, I know what it's like and but they've never actually been there, they've never traveled, they never left Japan, this kind of thing. And like you know, you know, you know, interesting in, interesting thing, and, and I think that's why I'm so interested to to go live in Japan for a bit or whatever the time it takes is I've met a couple people last year that have started their brands or they're into art or doing whatever photography. And you know, I've noticed that Japanese are quite extreme into really going to the root of the story. You know, they're really passionate about 
digging through layers and layers and where things came from. Like, let's say if they want to create a brand inspired by Los Angeles, they will actually save money, go live in LA for six months somehow, live that lifestyle, understand it with their own way, but they will do it. Where anywhere else, they will travel there for a week, they will look at a bunch of stuff, look at the surface of it, and just kind of like, okay, I know everything about it, and I'm going to do it. And you know, and, and, I've, and I think it's quite interesting about the way they approach things, and that's why for me, it's kind of the same thing, you know? Like, I always said it, and it was kind of something that I always live by, is like, come by before you try. And it's kind of the way it is, is like, you know, I don't want to just make hats. I want to know how to sew a hat. I don't want to just send a mock-up to my factory and be like, hey, uh, here it is, uh, make it blue, you know, and put this label on. I actually want to know how to deconstruct a hat. What does it take to sew it together? And what is the technology that goes behind it? You know, it's, it's interesting. Like the process is as interesting as the final result, but also like, where does it come from? What's the culture behind it? You know, and that's why I have a fucking... You're getting deeper into it, right? Than just like... Yeah, and that's why I have a sewing machine at home, you know? And that's why like tote bags, for example, yeah, I really enjoy making it because I've realized that by making it myself, I can push the creative process a lot further than just designing a flat mock-up and sending it to the factory because the 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 passion for it is is a lot less you see i'm slowly taking off my clothes throughout this chat no but you know what i mean is like it's the same thing right like making a bag i actually realized oh shit and every time you make it you kind of be proud of yourself of every step further you take Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of why i decided to shut down nine is because i've realized that nine has missed its stage of prototype it's missed its stage of discovery and innocent creative process with no financial outcome or stress Mm. of selling something Mm. and as well let's be honest like there's a lot of stories and i think like i was living with a lot of like this back stories of people coming in and out and me changing places and changing relationships partners whatever it is and i think like it was time for a brand to go because i wanted to do something where i am responsible and i have created it and i don't feel like i am responsible to create something for others or others have been involved in it and that's why local stranger was and also to be honest nine had no story dude it was like people kept asking me why nine and i was like uh i was 24 years old and i thought 90s hip-hop was a strong enough story to call it nine when i was 30 years old i was like fuck i need a story and then i've realized that i was trying to attach a story to a brand that genuinely didn't have one it was a pure like hey i can design logos let's make a t-shirt i can design a hat let's make a hat but it never had a meaning or a message and because the dance community was something that was around us back then, those were the people that supported us. But then it became a bit bigger and bigger. And then when I started to do pop-ups in Japan, people were like, fashion people started to be, hey, so what's the story? What's the concept? We need to do a pop-up. What would you want to decorate it as? And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, what do you mean? I'm not going to make it into a dance studio. Maybe actually I should have. It would have been a cool 
cool brand experience if you walk into a dance studio and it's a fashion boutique, you know, it's, yeah. there's no dancers, you know, but again, I just felt like, honestly, the story was me and not the brand, you know, and, and because the brand, usually a brand is a collective of people. And because I'm such a hard person to work with, I've realized that the collective of people, I slowly like disperse them and, you know, so about, like, okay, cool. What about what? people who uh, like the brand is themselves? Like, cause that's not- You a- mean like the people that supported the brand? No, no, no. Like, I mean, someone who has a brand, like, let's just say as an example, like Mark Siller as a brand or something like that. Like if he, if he, or like, okay, here's a good example. Someone like Joe Rogan. There's like Joe Rogan, the brand. Yeah. Right. Like he has companies and stuff, but like, and I guess his podcast, but there's like him as a, a person is kind of a brand, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, definitely. I mean, but I guess I think a people contributing anything, right? to it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be a physical lifestyle. Like, you know, Michael Jordan is a brand, you know, Jordan yeah. name is a brand, you know, people buy into it because of Michael Jordan. I get it. Unfortunately, I'm no Michael Jordan, dude. I'm no Joe Rogan and I'm not Jimmy Kimmel having a late night show for the last 10, 15 years. You know, I'm just a regular guy that is not famous. But what's interesting is that I do travel and Japan is going to be my seventh country that I lived in, not visited, but lived, you know, and there's a big difference between like living and visiting and and I think that's why kind of like the name and then the more I was thinking between the nine and local stranger and I've realized that my lifestyle is a lot stronger to, <clears throat> to relate, especially in like today's, today's world of where no, like you live in Japan, everybody lives somewhere, you know, people don't really stay in their nest except Mark Siller because, you know, he just, he's just a guy, you know, <laughs> he will never go anywhere. But everybody moved, you know, everybody moved, everybody lived somewhere and everybody went and experienced the life outside because we all know that, you know, the world is so easy to relocate and go and experience. And there's no risk now to just pack up and go and spend a year living in Zimbabwe, Africa, you know, I don't really know, you know, so, and I think that's kind of what I've I've related. I've, I've realized that through my journey, I'm meeting a lot of like, like-minded people that are also on the road and that don't consider themselves expats because an expat is what for me the difference between a local stranger and expat is that expat doesn't have a word local in it expat is just a stranger because an expat goes to his expat job yo so before you go further so can you because maybe some people don't know exactly what you're talking about can you explain this new venture that you have with like local stranger, like what is that, uh, that name? And okay. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to have to edit this interview up because there's a lot of garbage in this. No, man. It's just as is. Can you not tag me in? Because if I become a famous, famous person, this is going to hunt me forever. Just like your workout what? with Nick's YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, know that how many views are on that. A random person is like, hey, is that you? I'm like, yeah, hey, my, friend Dean, <laughs> my friend Dean thought he was smart and he made that video. <laughs> I no, guess. it's okay. I actually don't give a shit. 
honestly. Okay, so a rundown story is that basically uh, it was time to graduate from Nine. Nine was a school of uh, Nine was a school of learning what running a clothing brand and whatever brand it is and just building a business is all about. And I think when I turned 33, I decided to be like, okay, you know what? Right before I turned 33, I was like, okay, cool. You know what? It's time to end this thing. And it was a graduation point. And I think last year was a lot of thinking and kind of like analyzing through the time I've spent with myself that it was time to create something that really meant something. And, uh, and yeah, so Local Stranger is, I don't know if I want to call it a brand. Maybe actually it is turning into a brand because that's what I'm truly passionate about is product. But I think as of now, it's more of an experiment into making random products that come into my head. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it's it's a brand that is a workshop is a handmade workshop that i am making everything myself i don't sell anything because i don't want to make more than one because i just get bored of making one than one that means if i have to make two it might number one be inconsistent that means whatever you see in the photo might not be something you're going to be getting in your package do you know that right so it might also come off as you wash it that's why i make it very clear it's a, it's a prototype uh, I'm only making prototypes right now because I'm still learning the process of the making off, you know, and it takes time. And I think even eventually when I'm going to commercialize some of it, uh, I think the idea is not to mass produce it, it's to create a copy of a prototype that I've made, made in Japan. That's why Japan is also quite important because I think it's one of the few countries that you can still manufacture things as a small scale mm. without going mass and without making like 100, 150 units. And, you know, and having Abe there that already has a network of factories and, and places and speaks Japanese that can talk to the uncle that runs a rundown workshop, you know. So that's kind of what, that's kind of the idea is, is turning local stranger into a made in Japan, small quantity, you know, everything has been thought out and the prototype is made by me even though the product that you might end up getting is not going to be made by me, but it's still going to be made handmade in Japan mm. with the fabrics and everything. And, and, and that's kind of like stage two. And the idea is also is creating a community. So the tagline that I want to be running by is come by before you buy. So I want to stay away from e-commerce as long as I can. So people actually get to meet the people and get okay. to come to the workshop and, cool and get to go and actually like interact with me or interact with Abe or whoever the people are and smoke a cigarette on the bench outside the workshop and whatever, listen to some music and hopefully have that personal connection because I believe in like, especially in the beginning of this is important to curate a community and a true community and a true connection before you just like launch a brand online and start be like, Hey, here's my new tote bag. Go buy it. Only 50 made. Why? If you only make 50, why do you need to sell it online? You can have 50 of your friends in Tokyo coming to your workshop and getting this bag off you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and if a friend of yours doesn't live in Tokyo, lives in a butthole nowhere Japanese village beside the, beside the fields, it's okay. You can always... I don't live in a village, okay? I live... Oh, actually, no, that's not you. true. I'm not talking about you. I have other <laughs> friends that live in the butthole villages. Okay, fine, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know what I mean? That friend yeah, can yeah. always send you a message and send you his address because you have that relationship of trust and you actually know each other and you can always ship some stuff to them. Like you don't need to have an e-commerce to sell to your friends. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And, and, and I think that's kind of the idea that I want to have is like, is how can we stay, can stay away from this digital retail and keep it to a pure human connection. And for me, it's an interesting time right now because the virus keeps us all away from each other. Mm. And it's going to be an interesting outcome. It's either people are going to go supporting local or people are going to be so scared of interacting with each other that the digital bubble will just explode. And everybody's going to start shopping online and delivering. Maybe Japan is going to turn completely online. And maybe you never know, both. right? It could be both. Yeah. So I just hope that after we come out of this lockdown and this coronavirus pandemic, we will be able to reconnect with people and actually enjoy uh, time talking to each other physically and not being on our phones and maybe walking extra kilometer to the local stranger workshop in Shibuya, it will make sense because you'll be like, this is so cool. I'm going to enjoy meeting this guy because I might not be able to if there is another virus coming by. Or, you know what I mean? I just hope yeah, that yeah. this isolation will push us to reconnect physically again and appreciate the short moments we live. And that's kind of the idea behind Local Stranger. The name Local Stranger comes from local and stranger. You want me to talk about that? Well, thank you. Is that what it comes from? Yeah. Local stranger? Yeah, it's, it really comes from local and stranger. Okay, fuck off, dude. No, no, no. But yeah, no, because that's like one thing that when you first told me about it, I thought it was a really cool idea. Like, the yeah, when you when you explain the meaning of what local stranger means, not just local yeah. stranger. But when you explain the meaning to me, I, that really like stuck with me because I, I got it and, uh, yeah. Can you explain a bit about that? Like, what does it mean other than just the words themselves? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, number one, I think it's quite a radical combination of words. You know what I mean? It's quite a, it's it's two opposite spectrums in one person, right? Which is exactly what I am, because like I said previously, is the brand is a reflection of me. So, is like I'm always the other guy. I'm always the guy that's not from the place where I live. No matter how much I try to be local, I will always be a stranger. You know what I mean? I can have 101% of my friends being local. I can 101% contribute to the local culture in terms of creative culture, pay my taxes, have a job, whatever, be part of the system. But I will always be that guy, you know, that came from another country, you know? And it's funny enough, every country I moved in, the previous country followed me. That's where I'm from. So when I moved to France from Russia, they were like, oh, uh, the Ruskov, uh, the, the Russian guy. I was like, okay. Then when I moved to France, to Canada, Canadians were like, oh, Nix is like the, the French guy. He's the French b-boy. And I was like, okay, that's... Because <laughs> that's one thing with like the cheesecake and stuff. <laughs> He's Nix too, yeah, your half-brother. But cheesecake is from New York, dude. It's not even from <laughs> France. That's no, but it's a block of cheese. It's a block of cheese. <laughs> a block of cheesecake okay sure get blessed one on call actually oh, i called I, him yeah. not too long i called him two days ago yeah. we anyway, spent three you, hours <laughs> don't get sidetracked okay anyways <laughs> so and then when i moved to canada i was the french guy right and i was like that's quite interesting because if i go to france like my crew will be like no dude you're not french you're russian and then when i moved to netherlands i was the canadian guy now that i moved to asia it even gets more interesting i'm the white guy you know, because I'm from the Western side. So it's, it's just like it shows you that no matter how much I'm trying to be local, I will always be a stranger. 
And that's when I was like, it was quite interesting because I didn't want to hate on the local part. But at the same time, I wanted to embrace being a stranger because I've always been frustrated of being like the outsider. And then by creating this brand, it's kind of like, hey, it's okay to be the other guy. It's okay to be a stranger. But the more you embrace being a stranger, the more local you become because you just accept being the other guy. And then the more locals would actually welcome you because you're just comfortable with being that guy, that guy that will come for a minute. And then you know that you will leave. That's also your advantage because by being local, you have an advantage of on the strangers because I can go to any local place. I can hang out with all the locals because of the culture. But at the same time, I'm a stranger that gives me that I always have an opportunity to keep on moving. And, you know, and thinking outside and maybe analyzing local things with a different point of view. Like when I'm going to move to Japan, dude, I'm not going to see things the same thing, like the same way you see it. And especially Abe or Akira or Shintaro, you know what I mean? Because they've seen it so many times, that little character on the parking lot time, yeah, for yeah. me, it's going to be like, holy shit, that's so cool. For them, it's like, oh, dude, I was raised with it. I don't really give a shit. The same thing when I went to, when I went to Canada, you know, some things you guys were like, well, wow, Nix is really excited about this. And you guys are like, dude, it's just an English breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who gives a shit, you know? So, so that's it's, kind of it's the just idea. ginger beer. It's not that spicy. Dude, it's fucking spicy. It's Jamaican ginger beer, okay? Yeah. Get that in it, Jamaican. So yeah, local stranger is that. It's basically, and, and what I was trying to tell you earlier is like an expat is not a local stranger because a lot of people tend to say, oh, so you're just an expat living in the country and having a job. And I was like, an expat doesn't get involved with the local community. Yeah. An expat doesn't, doesn't get involved with the scene. An expat doesn't live the local ways and by local rules. An expat lives by his own ways of rules. And he has his expat friends that have expat jobs, especially in Singapore is very prominent. Like I don't have any expat friends in Singapore because I'm just not related to them. You know what I mean? It's just a different lifestyle, but all my friends are local from Radical Force to the local DJs to skateboarders. You know what I mean? I document parties that no expat goes to because it's a pure local event. Even locals don't know about what the locals are doing that I know and I'm at because yeah. of the community and the culture. And, and I think that's what Local Stranger is, is digging deeper than that. And, and, and the messaging was all about that. And, you know, and also the funny part is Local Stranger is also how I felt as being part of the system of a full-time job, you know? And I think Local Stranger is a frustration of working a full-time job and every day going to work and being the, uh, that guy that break dances or the breaks, that guy that, oh, you know, uh, next, uh, no, they call me Nikita. Nikita always dresses weird. He's too colorful. He has too many shoes. Oh, Nikita's friends are weird. Nikita's friend, uh, Nikita listens to some, because I don't suit the norm of the full-time guy that has a job at an ad agency or at a media network or at a fucking cosmetics brand. Right? You know, like, I don't fit the mold. And even though there's other guys that don't fit the mold, those other guys are not part of a community because none of my friends have a job in advertising. They are dancers. They are freelancers they are you know what i mean they just live like yeah, yeah. you know they just live like like when i was living in canada you know what i mean that's what rory got frustrated with and i and that's why he got out of it and for me local stranger is a way of getting out of this system is erasing myself erasing myself 
of an obligation to please a guy that doesn't understand my values. You know what I mean? Going to, a, to work. And, you know, I get it. If you're going to work and you are there, like, I'm not, okay, no disrespect to factory workers, but, like, if you're there packing meat, I don't need to put my soul into making packaging and putting meat inside. But I do need to put my soul on deciding what color should the background of The Walking Dead for the next Fox commercial should be. You know what I mean? Like, I need to put some, some creative background that touches my, my heart because I need to put some passion behind it. But if my passion is being given to this guy that have zero fucks given about how do I feel and creativity yeah. is not something that you can just repetitively do, right? You know how it is. You're a B-boy yeah. and we all know how sometimes you go and you just can't. And, yeah. and, you know, and for me, like, going to these jobs, yes, it pays well. Yes, it gets me a house with a swimming pool. Yes, it gets me a bunch of Nike shoes. Great. But at the end of the day, am I happy waking up in the, every morning and going to a job that I feel like a stranger? But at the same time, I'm a local because I have a fucking beeper card and it says you are a Fox employee. You know, Singapore is the first place where I had a corporate lanyard to scan to get inside the building. And that was the tipping point when I realized that I went too far into the system. Because in Amsterdam, you know, I was like, I just coming in and out because Amsterdam is a, is a shop house in front of a canal. It's still a very European way of running businesses. In Canada, it was like agencies inside some, you know, it's not very corporate. In Singapore, it's inside a skyscraper where there is guards and there is these doors. You go, and you just like, fuck. This is it. Like, I am the guy. I am the salary man. You know what I mean? And then in a way, I was like, I was looking around me and I was in the elevator and I was looking around me and people were literally like, who is this guy? He must be traveling to Bali. He just has a layover. You know, like... Because <laughs> of the way you dress? I, because of the way I dress, because of the tattoos, because of the way I behave, the music I listen to, <laughs> the stuff I design. You know what I mean? It's just like, I felt like an outsider and every day living that. So that's why the local stranger was getting stronger and stronger. And I really realized it's like, I don't want to hate on that system lifestyle of local because you need the system to pay your bills and you need the system to buy your groceries. But at the same time, you are a stranger in your own environment. I am some, you know, and that's also why I don't break with anybody anymore because I feel like a stranger in the own b-boy community, you know, like that stranger feel is touching every point of your life. You know, like, like the reason why I was talking to Bless is, is Bless is the number one stranger within the scene. We all know that, you know what I mean? He is like the hip hop punk guy that is, oh, you guys like Wu-Tang? I'm going to slap on a Nirvana behind it because fuck being part of the scene. Or some R&B song or something like that. Exactly. And, And you know, and that's why I feel like me and Bless get along really well. And all of us, you know, because we're like, we're part of the system, but at the same time, we feel like strangers. How many times have you went to a hip-hop party lately and you're like, this is weird. I don't know if I'm feeling this. <clears throat> I'd rather be home and listen to... I Maybe in Japan, not, but in Singapore, it's almost every single time. You know, like, I'm here. All my friends are here. I'm enjoying the time. But the moment I'm not with my friends and I'm trying to connect to the art of... Like, the art of music and the culture, and you're just like, I don't recognize this culture anymore. This is not something that I want to relate to. This, this is not me. Am I too old? Or is this, and then I realized, you know what? You're just 
at this different stage of your life where you can live the culture, but from the outside. But you know what? I, and that's what the, so yeah, I think local stranger is everything. It's not just geographically being like, oh, I'm the white guy in Asia or I'm the uh, Canadian in Netherlands. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, it's just when, when, the moment you feel strange when you're part of that system of life, yeah. that book of life, that's when you feel like you're a stranger. That's when local stranger is the message. You know, I'm making, for example, right now, sweatpants that's going to say, executive fitness program you know why because it's funny because it is going to be because i just found an ad that basically promotes executive fitness to this guy sitting in their offices it's like no problem we come to you with attractive attire beautiful track suits it takes only 20 minutes out of your lifetime don't need to disconnect like it's basically like how can you make the workout for you without changing but you know what you don't need to change sports and adapt it to somebody's lifestyle. If you really want to do it, you will find a way. Just yeah. like me going down to the dirty parking lot and breaking. Like, with yourself. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's why I'm making these track pants. Is the message behind it is it's basically sweatpants that are not really for exercise because they're sweatpants. It's more like chillax, you know? <laughs> and my advertising for it is going to be like, executive fitness program and it's going to be me sitting and chilling out and watching tv while i'm having this pants on pretending that hey i got my you're, pants on you're working out i just did a workout yeah you know, here. exactly or you know like when you go to a b-boy jam and you see all these like fresh b-boys with the latest b-boy jam like freestyle session and you're like Wow, dude, everything screams on you, dope b-boy, but when you got down, it sucked. You, you know, know what I, I mean? Think, like, I think it's like, do you have, you kind of touched on it too with like talking about Bless. Bless is a good example of a guy who kind of like, <clears throat> like something like hip hop is something that's creative, right? Or anything that's, yeah. whatever, whatever, anything that's creative, right? think like real creative people don't settle for like okay well we figured out what this thing is so let's just keep it keep it going like the status quo real creative people will always be looking well okay what's the next thing what can i push what boundary can i push uh how can i make this different how can i do something new yeah you know and like that's true uh yeah. you know bless was very interesting so like and and i something i agree a real creative person will take a situation and find a, a positive alternative to it. Yeah. Like, let's say, instead of, that's why I think local stranger is an alternative to the system. It's like, oh, you're not happy with your lifestyle? Find an alternative mm. without hating on the system. Because at the end of the day, if you hate on the system, you're better off going to live on a solo island and feed off vegetables and, and tomatoes and live an organic lifestyle that I can do. So I can't be sitting here and, and fantasizing about like, fuck the system. I'm a fucking hippie. I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm moving to Tokyo, dude. Like I'm moving to the biggest system of the world. You know what I mean? Like literally like where everybody's systematically part of some kind of motion, train, transaction, whatever it is. I can't hate on it, but I can create an alternative for it. I can create my own little system that I live in. And hopefully that little system will have people that are like-minded as me. So I'm not hating on it, but I'm just creating a, my own way. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what Local Stranger is. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, 
that's a very noble cause and especially now like well like i feel like these days creativity creative endeavors and these kinds of things are so important because you know we've got uh we've got like technology pushing out all these jobs that are re like factory jobs and even things like that aren't factory like you know people yeah. doing accounting and stuff like that like you can automate all the all this stuff and so like you know you know what i feel like humanity has forgot the word organic <laughs> you know why the i'll tell you this exists. how could they forget because you know why because like in december i deleted my instagram of 15 plus thousand followers right and everybody was like what why did you do this and i was like dude do you realize that I wasn't creating for myself anymore? I was creating for the cloud. I was creating to, to, to get that recognition from all these people. And the moment I wasn't getting it, I was deleting the post. That means that all it did is kill the organic state of mind of creating something. And, and that, that's just me. I'm not talking in general. Some people are very, very well off creating organic shit and keeping their hundreds of thousands of followers and you know what i mean i just can't cope with it because and that's why i went like okay you need to go back to the root of the problem is you are not able to create something you truly love because you're scared of the opinions mm -hmm. and then i was like okay instead of instead of like hating and putting some quotes and trying to change the society you go away and you create something where only the close ones are going to be around you and you can purely do whatever you want Mm. You know, you can be yourself. You know what I mean? And that's why I created a new thing. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I'm about to create a video about coronavirus with God's plan. Drake's video when he says, hey guys, today, everybody, everything in the store is on me. And I'm going to cut some footage of these people running and buying toilet paper. You know what I mean? And it's going to be like God's plan. You know, it's just like, I just want to make shit that relevant to me because it's funny. Because yeah. it's funny if that, if that video God's plan was made today yeah. and you just cut to that footage of Drake partying it out and a bunch of people like scavenging through the stores and buying a shitload of toilet paper. I think it's funny. Yeah. I think it's irrelevant. It's just the behavior of buying toilet paper. You know, it's not a God's plan. It's just being stupid, you know. And, and the same thing, creating this executive sweatpants. I'm not thinking I'm just organically putting something out there. And I've noticed like yeah. that word of organic is being lost. And because of what we have to do, and, and for me personally, like the corporate system has washed that word so much because you know when you have a full-time job, you're always scared of the wrong step because if you do something wrong, you might lose your job, your boss is going to get pissed, blah, 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 all these consequences because everything you say and everything you do has consequences when you have a full-time job. Well, and, yeah. uh, you know, and like, because your full-time job is associated to your lifestyle, to the life you live, to the things you own, to the place you have and blah, 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 the girlfriend you have and all that stuff. And then I've realized is like, what do I actually need? I'll be honest with you, dude. I can eat X sandwich from 7-Eleven every day and it'll make me happy. I can go to Lawson every day and get my fucking <laughs> cream puff, whatever it is, and I'll be happy, dude. Honestly, like, I don't need much, you know, and, and, and all I need is, is a bunch of sewing equipment that I can afford and my b-boy practice and my b-boy friends 
and whatever that takes, you know, and I've realized that's the organic way for me to live. And that's why, you know, I've realized that I need to create an alternative. And for me, the system doesn't work, you know, and I need to have my own system. These days, like more, more and more companies, uh, I don't know how many, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot too of like, especially with, you know, I work in like the education system right now. Right. Yeah. And it's this whole idea of like, you know, you, you have these things you have to learn, you have to learn it this way. And like you get graded. And if you don't get that right grade, like, you know, this, all this kind of stuff. So like, you know, I've been reading this thing recently. It's all about like extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic of like extrinsic is like money and, and, whatever that kind of thing like some reward from the outside and intrinsic is like coming from the inside right and so Mm. what where we're at right now like the way that our world is people aren't motivated in the long term by outside sources like money or like praise or whatever like instagram praise like that doesn't last and what you need yeah. is that thing that comes from the inside where it's like, I don't care about the money. Like you get to a point where, okay, you, you've covered your bases and you don't have to worry about like going broke or something like that. And yeah, you're free to kind of just like do what you want to do, how you want to do it with the people that you want to do it with and, uh, and when you want to do it. And that's like the goal of a lot of these things to give you like, it's not about just money. It's about like freedom and feeling like you're improving and feeling like you have some kind of, some kind of purpose. Like you're doing something for a reason, like a real reason that means something to you. Yeah. 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 yeah, you yeah. Know? And like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Cause we've moved away from these times where you're like just doing stuff for survival and like, you know, we live in a pretty good age of like, you know, people are pretty, pretty well off and they have a lot of opportunities and things like that. So we can focus more on these, th- these aspects of like, I guess, human nature or hum- like what it means to be human. And that feeling yeah. of like freedom, exploration, creativity, uh, but not like, you know, someone is telling you what to make, that kind of thing. You get cho- free choice of like what you're making and that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, like that feeling of mastery and getting better at something. So I think about that when you were talking about like making, learning how to sew stuff and like mm. going back to these roots of, okay, well, I used to just send it off and someone else would make it, but what if I actually made it? And like, I don't know if you can, if you feel like this, but like, maybe it's that act of like, okay, I'm learning something new and feeling like there's something something new driving me forward to yeah. do something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because through my professional career, I've realized that the higher up you get within the corporate ladder, mm-hmm. the least you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting how this world works. The moment you get a director's title, mm-hmm. you're just delegating. You don't actually have to showcase a skill set. You actually just, because you 
have Isn't that a skill set? You sorry? Skill set like learning how to delegate and manage people and and you know, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is in a. I would say business, whatever finance, trading, whatever. That, that's a skill set. I'm not gonna lie, but I think in terms of creative. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's why for me, it's very hard to generalize that feeling. But I've noticed that the further I went down the creative ladder and corporate ladder within the creative structures, the more I was meeting these people that are highly paid, unskilled professionals Mm -hmm. that are sitting on top of this corporate organization, making decisions with zero knowledge, but all theory. Mm And, and for me, theory is great, but to be, you have to, the, every theory have a proof of concept. That means you have to go and execute it first before, first before the theory becomes reality, right? And yes, you can read magazines, you can read and all that stuff, and, and, but you have to learn how to do it, right? You can't tell me, oh, this typeface is terrible if you've never made a typeface yourself. You can't tell me, oh, this portrait sucks if you don't know how to make port. Like it's like I'm, maybe it's a very, very hip hop approach to things. Like stop talking, start rocking kind of mentality is like you know you can't you know how many times do you hear oh dude you should do this move like this and then the worst thing is if a student tells you oh why don't you show me and then you're like well back in the days you know when I used to be able to do it and you're like dude like okay, I mean, it's great. Well, I think there's a bit of like... I think, know, no, so sorry, sorry. If you were some people who are great. good mentors and good, good coaches or, or teachers and stuff like that, and, and they don't necessarily have to be able to do it to explain it. I think it's like maybe more where your motivations lie and like where it's coming from. If you're, if you're coming at it from like... Uh, I think it hap- maybe happens more with, say, a teacher. I don't know. It depends on the person. But, like, some people can give you this criticism or whatever, but it's coming from a place of, like, okay, I, I have this experience, and maybe I can't do it anymore, but I still have this experience. And I see something that, like, you're, you're going through the same thing that I already experienced and I already failed, so I know how to, like, navigate that experience right yeah but there's some people you've done it before yeah yeah but yeah you've done it before you don't necessarily like able to do it now yeah Yeah. i get it that's what that's what i I think the idea is not to be like oh you know uh let's talk about breaking right back in the days you used to do a windmill now you're 43 years old and your body hurts and you can't do a fucking windmill Yeah, yeah, yeah but you've done it before and you know what it takes to get it then i have no problem with that yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, somebody who has never tried a mango is telling me, oh, dude, I've heard mango tastes really good. You should really try it. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But yeah. you don't okay. know how it tastes. Why are you advising me? And that's what I've noticed is that's the reason why, you know, I always say, I don't want to have an idea. How? No, I know. What did I say? I don't want to be the guy that has an idea. I want to have, a, I want to be the guy that has an idea how to do it. You know what I mean? And, and then like the how-to for me is a, a lot more important than, than having an idea. Because I've noticed in today's society, there's a lot of ideas. Everybody has great ideas. A lot of people have. But 
90% of these ideas never get executed because of the know-how or the motivation or the drive or the, or the will to do it. But these ideas are going to be talked about and praised for. And, and for me, it's like, that's great. An idea is great. You know what? I might not be the greatest idea maker, but my goal is to be a maker and the ideas will come. Mm. You know what I mean? Because my so ideas do, come. You, you get it by doing it, right? Exactly. My ideas come from the process of it. Yeah. While I'm creating a bag and I'm experiencing a challenge, it's like a move, right? Remember, we always say, make a crash into a move. Yeah. And that's exactly how I've always lived by that quote. You know, it's like, you make a painting and you fail. By trying to repair that painting, you find a new technique and then it ends up being your style. And yeah. this is the most organic way of creating something new is by failing at it. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? process, right? It's that process yeah. of like mastery and, and working through these things and doing these things that are, yeah. Yes, exactly. Not always successes and, or and whatever. You, yeah. And the only reason why you did it is because you felt like doing it without any knowledge, but you wanted to acquire the knowledge of doing it. That's why you stuck in this process. You know what I mean? Because if you already know the process and you've already done it before, you would probably do something else. You know, so, so like, and that's kind of, that's, that's why for me, I just can't be part of the corporate ladder anymore because I feel that the process has been so established mm. and, 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 and yeah, it's just run by people that live on theory, but they've never done it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but yeah, because well, of their position, mm -hmm. you can't really argue because yeah, he's a vice president of marketing. What are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you we, know, he's guys I, advising was, you. Ukraine. When I was in school, uh, in university, I was doing anthropology and there was a word for like, I don't know, it was like in the early, late 1900s or something like that. But there was a word for yeah. people like that and they called them armchair anthropologists. They never actually went to these cultures and studied people. They just like read about them and then, I don't know, like crafted, exactly. crafted theory about them, but they never actually went and experienced the culture. Yeah. They just said like someone else went there and they wrote a report and they're like, oh, okay, well, I read that report or something or that journal or thing, whatever. And uh, okay, I'm going to make my judgment based on that. Yeah. But you know, like these kind of things that like uh, that lead to some kind of frustration or, or whatever, they always have some kind of reaction or create the reaction. But like, you know, for you, you already talked about it with your local stranger is like a reaction yeah. to this kind of thing. But like, it happens all the time. Like, you know, one of the things that I, I think about with like, say breaking is you had, you know, it started in the seventies and it was going a certain way in the nineties was like super creative, but still kind of keeping that essence. And then that creativity went like really far off into one direction. You got that abstract kind of circus yeah. style or whatever. Right. And that's cool in its own way. And maybe it was leading into something else that maybe isn't even breaking, but like its own thing. And then yeah. there was a reaction to that. And it was like this kind of like, yo, you're forgetting the true, <laughs> you're forgetting the true essence of, of breaking. And like, there was that reaction back into like, okay, let's learn the foundation and learn about dancing and, and music and this kind of stuff. And like, what was the essence of how it was back in the day? And it let like yeah. had that reaction. And then now it's going in this other direction, the reaction to that of like, it's too, 
it's too uh like i don't know foundational and and like not enough like craziness and you have now people are maybe kind of somewhere in the middle kind of but even now yeah. it's leading to like you know people are into competitions so much and this kind of thing and you're getting starting to get reactions to that of like you know bring back jams bring back parties bring back this kind of thing or like do a jam do a competition but make it feel like a party and this kind of whatever yeah there's always a reaction yeah things i think like i think everything needs to stare off to a to a different direction yeah. to find a new uh, to find a new uh, path you know what i mean and 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 everything everything is like a circle right we will go into a very traditional way and right now honestly like okay talking about breaking i have a feeling like i don't know how it is in japan but what i'm witnessing is like everybody's into these kind of like dirtbag vibes and 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 you know like i don't care and you know like Torp the Roach kind of vibes, you know what I mean? It's kind of becoming trendy. And I see more and more B-boys are like, kind of like, I don't care what I wear. I don't care what, you, you know, like how Mano was coming up with like, just wear like whatever he feels like wearing, would never really care or break the way he wants to break. And everybody's really trying hard to be original and really trying hard to follow that trend of like, hip. it's almost like breaking becoming a hippie thing where it's like, you know, being crazy is cool and 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 being you know being like like i don't care man you know like that whole vibe is very cool and yeah. and it just becomes very fake yeah, yeah you know yeah. and it becomes it's like it's like i mean every community goes through trends like i've been witnessing more and more and i'm and i'm maybe i'm just judging very fashion based because then the moment you see them get down they all do moves because they want to win competitions but when <laughs> yeah. you see them come and dress up they all dress up like dirt bags they all dress up like they just came from their mom's closet or their dad's closet and they just kind of like, you know, value village and all that shit. And they're like, oh, I have a hoodie. I don't give a shit, bro. It's just heavy. Just put my hood What's on. I'm just going to kill you, man. Hoodies are good. No, but you know what I mean? No, but I, you've been wearing a hoodie forever, but now like the same one. It's the same one. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not cool anymore to be like, wearing fresh brand new clothes because if you dress fresh brand new it looks like oh you came like prepared to the bibo jam no i just came fresh i went to by back in the days when i like massive monkey day dude when i went to seattle in 2007 when we battled each other i remember i had to go to whatever sneaker store in seattle to get the freshest kicks before i went to the battle because it was cool how many times did we drive down and stop in bellingham and everybody would fucking buy a shitload of kicks at Ross because we had to come to the jam with white shoes on and like it had to be like and Americans would always be like oh look at this Canadian guys always went shopping in Bellingham or fucking that's where the best stuff was because like who who cares about stuff who cares about fashion and and shoes and stuff in Bellingham (laughs) nobody But, but we also wanted to come to the jam fresh right we would always know that like fuck I hope I get a pair of shoes yeah, but that place had I like up. exactly. So it was like an organic feeling of like I want to look fresh, and I know that Bellingham will gonna make me look fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but it was part of the. It was it was a lifestyle. So like, if today you had to make like Bellingham the freshest kicks in the Northwest, you would understand what that T-shirt mean because you'd be like, hell yeah, 
I know that Ross dressed for less off the highway, you know, and now you see this forced lifestyle of kids don't leave that anymore. You know, they don't stop at the mall anymore too, because they're so scared to be judged. When we did it, we just wanted to look cool in front of each other who sits in a fucking car at Roxy, yeah. but you know, Roxy the van, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, like, it's, it's the kind of thing of there's, there's all kinds of people around and there's always going to be trends and there's always going to be, there's always going to be trends and there's always going to be some people who, who can't kind of like think for themselves and they follow, they follow trends and they follow whatever's cool. And then there's other people who actually don't give a shit and they actually yep. just try and do what they want or they actually, <laughs> this is so distracting. <laughs> they, they actually go oh, yeah. and try and find the new trend or what's new. And those are the, those are like the creative people, and, you know, people that do this kind of dumb stuff, but that's part of it too, is just being, being yourself and being authentic and, being yeah. Yourself, right. I think that's a big thing is like authenticity. I mean, that's what I mean. And it's like, that's, I, it all comes down to the word organic dude It's like, just do whatever feels organic to you. And if putting your head in front of yourself is organic to you, then do it. You know what I mean? Who cares? Like Robert Chaplin. Remember that guy, Robert Chaplin? He yeah. always been my biggest inspiration because that guy did whatever the fuck he felt like doing. He was 46 years old. Rock he powder down. Me, you know what I mean? Huh? Rock powder down. Rock down Rock powder, powder down. You know Rock what I mean? And, 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 and right now, I would do that t-shirt. You know, if there is a story behind it, why not? And there is a story. You know, so like, I think at the end of the day, it's like, is just do whatever you feel like doing and that's what i'm doing right now and the least connected to the system you are the better it's going to be because you will be able to make decisions you know and i feel like i still have a foot in it because i still have a full-time job lucky to have right now i'm, I'm do gonna say this but you know my dream is to move to japan be surrounded by my friends and and hopefully work with my friends and just have that little space in Tokyo that every day I wake up and I can't wait to go there. And every visitor that comes there, I either know or they get to know. And we just build a community in a very organic way from 10 to 20 to 100. And maybe it's going to stop to 100 because that's all we need. You know what I mean? And that's, I feel like Japan is one of these few places where you can still have 100 loyal people that will support your thing and yeah. will be there you know, like like the art show, dude. Like, you know how shocked I was that all these people traveled. Like, you came from whatever, and then you know all these like, you know, what is it? Unko came and Eugene came and everybody came. You know, I was like, damn, like all these people came. Like after all these years not seeing each other, they all came to just spend time together, and that's what made me feel like, you know what? I don't want to go back to where materialism and your social media presence is so important. Where you know, these people will support you and that's it. It's as simple as that, you know, and, and, and I feel like Japan is, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'll find that out later when I move there. But I have a feeling that Japan is one of the few places where a, a maker gets paid more than a consultant. You know what I mean? Maybe In not. certain cases, not all cases, but I hope mm. that I will be able to, you know, to, to not prove, I'm not going to prove it, but I'm hope that I'll be able to feel happy that, you know, whatever we're doing, me and Abe, 
we will get recognition and being able to live of it. And we don't want to be rich, but we just want to be happy and feel like every day you've accomplished something, you know, that you've done yourself and you're proud to be like, yeah, I made this all the way. Either me or my friends or whoever it is, is within my group of people. It's not some guy that I've never met. You know, it's like, if it's a Japanese factory, I know the owner. He's a friend and we went to watch Neighborhood Sumo together. You know what I mean? Like, which is actually true, dude. We are about to do that. The guy that makes Abe's brand, we're about to go watch Neighborhood Sumo in Eastern Tokyo. It's sick. You know what I mean? It's fucking sick. You go watch Neighborhood Sumo with the factory owner that makes your shirts. How cool is that? You can't get more personal than that. You know, it's such a private thing for Japanese culture. It's like real connection too. It's a real connection. The guy's a fucking 1980s boxer. You know, he'll what? punch your head out if you see something. He's a fucking cool dude. He's an uncle. He's a, and he only wants to do whatever he feels like doing. He's organic as hell. And I love it. And meeting people match. like this, it makes, this is the people you want to be around. And now you know you have control of what you're doing because of, not because of the status or the position of a director, is because of, the connection that you have. I want to have a, I want to have a business that I say, yeah, I have control over my business. Why? Because of the friends. And I know that I have the support of the people that are behind me. And that's what gives me control of keep on moving because tomorrow dude, Disney doesn't have control over their business. If tomorrow coronavirus lasts for a year, Disney parks are closed for a year. They're fucked. The company's out of business. They can't sell movies in a movie theater. They can't have Disneyland open. How long are they going to, you know what I mean? I want to have control because of Disney Plus. They got their Disney sales. You go watch Disney Plus and then you talk to me about it, okay? Let's smoke one last cigarette, okay? What else do you have? No, but you know what I mean, dude? Like, at the end of the day, the word control comes from connection. You know what I mean? And, And if you have the right connection with the right people and you have an organic connection and people truly are behind you, you will have control over what you're doing. You know, even in the hardest time, you know what, like friends will help you out just like you will help them out when they would need you. That's when you know that you have control as a community. When you don't have, and that's why I think B-Boying has survived and been growing and keep on going is because it might not be the community that makes the most money, but it's the community that somehow just kept on feeding of each other and somehow we're still together, even though there is all this talk and all this shit going on, but we're still around, you know, and we're still connected and we still know that when you go to tokyo steez will be there when you go to fucking thailand 99 flavor is going to be there when you go to thailand rory is not going to be there you know what i mean but it's okay you know <laughs> you need techno you contact rory you need tattoos you contact gonza you know all good we got it covered thailand you know but yeah i think like b-boying has taught me a lot dude and honestly like I'm really happy. Sometimes I was, sometimes, you know, sometimes I was talking to, to, uh, to, um, to one of my friends here and I was like, do you ever wish that you've never met breaking? Like sometimes it feels like breaking has opened up your eyes to a level that there is no way back. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're like, fuck. <clears throat> now I know what the reality is. It's like you got out of the matrix and now you're realizing, Oh, this is the matrix. I got out of it. I took off the helmet because of breaking allowed me to cough the helmet. And I'm like, shit, the world is fucked. I think it's, but like it's okay. people though. 
Because there's for sure. people who get into breaking, but they're still like they still got the blinders the on. They still yeah. got the blinders on. They still they don't know they don't know how to think for themselves yet. And like, but that's one thing that like say breaking or hip hop can do. Because there's a lot of like uh, kind of rebellious spirit, fuck the system kind of sort of feeling to it. Yeah. But you know you can get that kind of thing from a lot of a lot of things too. But you, I think the person themselves has to be like ready to do that, ready to receive that kind of like way of thinking or that kind of knowledge and that or whatever. Do you think it? Do you think it's because of our generation? Do you think we were like the last generation of b-boys of breakers that that caught up onto that close enough to the 90s where the organic connection and that purity of dance was not poisoned yet and because we started like late 90s early 2000 we were still able to connect and we still somewhat speak that same language that poe does or that easy mm -hmm. rock or maybe you know all these May storm and like not storm, storm like but maybe like crumbs or massive monkeys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, we kind of still connect to these guys. I think we we our generation grew up in a or came up in a kind of interesting time period of like transition. Yeah, just before YouTube, so we got a bit of that like uh, tape, DVD culture and that kind of thing. And like kind of ghetto sometimes it's like low um yeah, yeah 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 production value and whatever and then we also got like yeah the rise of the internet and like youtube generation and all this stuff and like interconnectedness of like the entire world and now like live streaming stuff so we like came up during that time uh, where and maybe part of it is like because we're still kind of bit younger and you know not to say everyone's like this but the older you get the easier it is for your mentality to get kind of like locked in to place of like this is how it is uh, yeah you know it, what I, I think, think it's also easy for everyone to say you know my generation was like this and we did the, we were great in this way like everyone's generation is kind of like that in its own way I think like, you know, I was, I was thinking about it. I was watching Rhythm Bugs DVD the other day. Rhythm Bugs VHS, sorry, it's not a DVD. Ooh, and you know, like, what's, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Rock the Bell, no, what's the, what's the guy? Uh, Belly Bells, right? No, um, Billy Bell? What's the guy? Yeah, Belly Bell Production, remember him? Yeah. And like, how organic was his production? Yeah, he didn't give a it shit. Was, he didn't give a fuck. You but really? today you you look at it and it's fucking priceless. It's like it's 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 exactly what Torb the Roach is doing. And that's exactly when I look at people like this and I'm like, if you want to have longevity and you want to leave a mark and a piece of history within within whatever it is, then you have to be yourself. You have to do whatever you because at the end of the day, we're all unique people. The only thing that doesn't make us unique is when we fit the norm and we fit the system but if you're actually purely expressing yourself and just doing whatever the fuck you feel like doing you will live a negative or a positive or a whatever or maybe a not but you will leave a mark some kind of you will be remembered for something you know what i mean and i think like yo self-exploration is good 
self-discovery, understanding who you are, what you want. And it's frustrating. I'm not going to lie. It's frustrating. It's the worst thing to like, it's, it's the most beautiful, but the most challenging thing is self-exploration because you will be second guessing. You will be overthinking. You will, because you're only being with yourself, you know, and, and, and that's why I'm glad that last year I was able to do it, you know, and like spending that one year of this jobless job, you know what I mean? (laughs) I call it a jobless job. It's kind of like, self-discovery and i think through that self-discovery that's why i closed down nine is because i realized that it's not something i wanted to do it's not something that i was that was me anymore you know you gotta you gotta explore and you gotta you gotta experience those like ups and downs and i think the big thing that i've kind of realized over the years is like you don't want an easy safe life you you want to challenge yourself you want to go out and do things and learn new things and 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 figure figure out what what you actually want to do it's really important because otherwise you're going to be one of those people that they're going to be like i don't know they'll turn 60 or something they'll be like oh what the fuck did i do my whole life i just like followed this book of the book of life or i should do this and this and this yeah it's true, anyway it's true i think that's a good spot to finish because <laughs> yeah we've now tuned out and nix is now playing with <laughs> no this interview is going to be called the man behind the man <laughs> all right so this image represents i think we got this image represents really well the man behind the man it is very true. Uncover the uncovered. Yeah, no, but it's true, man. No, it was a good talk. Yeah. I, I don't know how much sense he made, but it was uh, it was uh, it was a good talk. Well, don't I worry. Hope, uh, because the the only people that see the full interview are people who support on Patreon. Otherwise, like I just cut a little bit, and that's what YouTube. How many? How many Patreon fans you have? Not many. Like, what is it? The number, so I can just be aware of my publicity. So I can contact my PR agent. <laughs> it's like, I think I'm at 15, 15. There's different oh my tiers. God. There's different tiers. Oh, what tier am I on? Like premium, premium plus? You're at zero because you didn't subscribe. 90, You're, 90. You're not a real supporter. What gas am I getting? Am I, I getting su- premium plus? You know, I support it. <laughs> you can choose whatever you want. Oh, oh, gas no. is cheap right now, so I'm definitely subscribing. Yeah. Yo, two bucks. Okay. It's two bucks. Two, two bucks to what? Two bucks is the minimum. Two, two bucks to subscribe. And I have to subscribe every month. I have to pay two bucks? Yeah. Are you going to pay for my Netflix then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> no, but yeah. No, it was good, man. It was good talk. Yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll chat a bit after this, but we're gonna like yeah, maybe cut the video here. You got any last right. word before we before we stop this? Okay, last word. The last word. The last word. I'm gonna last word. It. The last word. Thing.
organic. Stay, be yourself. Corn? Be organic. Vegan burgers. Is the name of the brand? Vegan burgers. Organic. You know what that is? That's like, that's like the, the, the stereotypical white girl name where it's like, it's like Kelsey, but it's like, it's spelled C-E-L-S-E-E or something like that. All right. Okay. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. No, but no. Well, okay. No, last one. Well, I just wanted anyway. to, to keep it, to be yourself, dude. Just, just be organic. And that's what I wanted to say. That's the whole conversation was about self-discovery is key. Don't follow the system. Be yourself. And, uh, but know that there is also a reality of paying your bills and paying you whatever you need to do to survive. So yeah, but yeah. Fuck the system. Fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're up. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening and look forward to the next one. Peace.